Let me tell you an easy way to get even more content related to topics discussed on Leading Saints, like how to run a meeting or how to effectively motivate those you lead. We have a core leader community for everyone who donates on a recurring basis. These core leader funds are what helps fund our mission so that we can continue to make remarkable content for all of you. Once you become a recurring donor at leadingsaints.org donate, you can download the Core Leader Library app and then you can start watching the Meetings with Saints library. Seriously, check out Steven Rogelberg's presentation about the science of meetings and it will change your council meeting experience for the better. Again, help us fund Leading Saints going forward by becoming a core leader and then jump into the core leader library and enjoy 100 plus hours of additional leadership content. You can go to leadingsaints.org donate or simply text the word lead to Merrill, how are you, Kessa? I'm doing great. How are you, Kurt? Very good. And now your dad got you into this. Let's let's uh, roast him for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my dad is a very proud dad, and he, the second he could, he was like, "I'm going to nominate you for this. I feel like you definitely need to do it." And I didn't think anything would come of it, but <laughs> yeah, here I am. Well. The stars aligned, and I do get quite a few uh, recommendations for interviews like this, but uh, yours just floated to the top, you know. So here, here we are. And, uh, and so, is your dad? Is your dad the one that maybe listens to Leading Saints more than you, or uh, do you yes. have any experience with Leading Saints? Yeah, so I have listened previously, but he's the one that introduced me to it, and nice. um, so I've listened to several episodes, um, mainly because of the nature of the calling yeah. that I'm in. Yeah, cool. And uh, he even mentioned that you gave him a kidney, right? Yes, I did. Oh. So in 2017. And this is how he thanks you, right? Yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah, he thanks me trying to get me to talk about it sometimes. <laughs> wow. But um, yeah, it was a life saving transplant, and um, I was 22 at the time. Wow. Well, no brainer, right? To keep your dad around a little longer. He can have one yeah. of those kidneys, right? <laughs> definitely. Definitely. That's no cool. brainer. Awesome. Well, that's awesome. Uh, so you currently live in Provo and maybe just unpack some of your uh, leadership experience. You formerly lived in Arizona. Is that where you grew up? Was Arizona? Yeah, I was born and raised in Gilbert, Arizona. Um, I, after I graduated from high school, I moved up to Utah for a little bit. And then I moved back home to um, do the kidney transplant. I ended up staying at Arizona State. Um, and during that time, I served as early society president in my YSA ward. Um, and then I also worked um, with the ASU Institute Council. I was the Latter-day Saint Student Association president and worked with the Interfaith Councils um, at ASU, which was oh, really, really wow. Yeah, I loved it. It was probably the best experience of my entire life. I got to work with the Jewish and Muslim communities and um, all the different Christian denominations. Uh, wow. And you said area. that was that was a like an institute role for the. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so I was originally on the Institute Council, and then um, I got mm. called as the president to serve um, in that specific capacity. So I was basically the liaison between the Institute and ASU. 
Nice. Well, we'll definitely uh, maybe dig around in that experience and see what we we learn. Um, so maybe unpack just your time in Arizona. Was it? I mean, obviously, especially Gilbert area, very you know saturated area with Latter Day Saints. Right. So it maybe has a Wasatch Front feel or a Utah feel when it comes to YSA. Any was there any clear um, differences in the YSA there as it as you yeah. experienced in Utah? Yeah, I can say in Arizona, the YSA life is very tight knit. Um, I feel in Utah, we're a little more spread out. Um, my like all the states in Arizona, we had activities all the time together. Um, and I mean, I stuck with the same ward for a really long time down in there. Um, and it, it's just a little more tight knit. But Utah's great too. I found great experiences here, but it is a little different because. The YSA still are a little more spread out in Arizona and we band together a lot for our social life. Nice. So when in, in, in Provo, you're, yeah, I mean, you live relatively close and so, and there's maybe just other social support groups of Latter-day Saints. And so you don't depend on your YSA ward as much. Yeah. It's just, you find them everywhere. So it's not yeah. as much <laughs> of like, Oh, we have to come together and we have to do something. And it's, it, it's a support system there. Like Utah's like, Oh, well, most of the time you're meeting members, which there are yeah. lots of non- non-members as well. But yeah. Yeah. So let's just spend some time with the, that interfaith experience with the Institute there being on the Institute council. If, if this interview was only about being a leader on an Institute council, working with interfaith, like what was that experience like? And are there any principles that come to the surface as far as like what really worked in that context? Yeah, I think, so that calling really stretched me. Um, I was in my senior year at ASU and um, I was in the midst of an engagement, which then got broken off. And so like during all of that, I was just working through a lot, but I was able to work with so many different people that ended up blessing my life entirely. Like they, they changed the trajectory in my life. And um, especially working with the Institute um, director there, and being able to have experiences that um, pushed my testimony. Um, The biggest uh, event that I worked with was the Interfaith um, Harmony Week. And we organized events with about 20 different religions on campus. And every day there were events hosted um, by them. And so um, one of the things that I found the most in leadership is organization. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Super important. And Um, although like sometimes that can be a hard thing for people to realize like, Oh, organization is a part of leadership. We want to like in the church, we want to just follow the spirit. And sometimes that's what we're taught is that's how we should lead. But I really found that as we take the time to organize ourselves, have a plan, have direction that, um, experiences that allow, well, there are experiences that bring about spiritual experiences that are most often more powerful and sometimes those events didn't even turn out that great like nobody showed up there was like five or six people I mean I'm at ASU it's a very diverse community and um, not a lot of students are religious but a lot are too and they're searching and they're looking but um, those experiences allowed me to meet so many different people who who just wanted to connect and yeah. I, I think that's a big part of um, that experience for me. Yeah. So what were some of the overarching goals of that interfaith effort? Was it just mainly to connect with other other faiths and get to know them and, you know, build a strong community or were there uh, additional goals? 
Yeah, so the main goal of the Interfaith Council and the Institute Council was to create safe spaces for all um, world views and world religions. And that, that was our main focus, and every event focused on that um, to, to bring the students just together so they could talk about these differences that really do end up bringing us together. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, that was like a last first semester or two, and then you moved on from that? Yeah. So I was with the Institute Council for almost two years, but my last year was focused on the interface. Nice. Nice. And then uh, tell me about the experience of being called as the Ward Relief Society president in that YSA ward. Is uh, Had you had much leadership experience before and did that catch off guard or were you nervous yeah. going into that or what was that like? Just what, what do you remember from that initial ex- experience? Yeah, that um, getting that calling was the most shocking thing of my entire life. I was 21 at the time um, and I really didn't have much direction. I wasn't even going to college much anymore. And I remember just my biggest fear when I got that calling was that I'm really young. There are older sisters in this ward who could do way better at this calling than me. And when you say older, older sisters, you're like 28 years old, right? Right. Older sisters. (laughs) Yeah. Not that old at all. But you know, as a 21 year old who hadn't experienced experienced much of life yeah, and to be trusted, to be able to serve and, um, try and connect with them. It, it was daunting. And, but I definitely found as I planned to go on visits every week, that I was able to connect with those sisters and, um, really develop, uh, relationships with them, which a lot of them are, are still some of my dear friends and connections mm-hmm. and, have circled back into my life. I'm 26 now and I've been through a lot of different circumstances and those have all brought me back to them as well. Nice. So what do you remember just starting that calling as a ward relief society president? Um, it was, what was most difficult, maybe finding counselors or, or understanding what, what you do or how did you begin to step into that role? Yeah. I, I think the, the hardest thing for me was just realizing, okay, I can make decisions right now and I can pray about things that the sisters in my ward need. So really leaning into that role of like stewardship of sisters um, in, in a wide area of people and um, many different walks of life all coming together. And so trying to gain a perspective that was different than mine. I was raised in a typical Mormon household and like from pioneer heritage. And I knew not everyone around me had that same experience. And so during that, I was just trying to get my footing of um, realizing that there are different walks of life and I, and I love them. And most of them have way better experiences than I do and have taught me um, so much about um, just loving those around me. Yeah. And was there anything intentional that you did in order to gain that perspective of these, you know, diverse backgrounds? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, every week I planned to visit about six different sisters and most of the time I didn't even know them. Um, and I would schedule a time with my presidency. That was the most consistent thing I did as a leader was visiting. And, um, we would just look through the ward list try and find someone to go and visit and 
you know, we were sometimes the annoying people showing up on your doorstep, <laughs> not when you wanted us to show up. But sometimes those conversations at the, the door or on the, um, the driveway ended up being those moments that led to uh, a deeper connection and an understanding of where each sister was at and what they were experiencing in life at that time. Yeah. So was this, or were these visits that you did as like the three in the presidency went mm-hmm. or did you pair off or? Yeah. So we would split two and two. Um, uh-huh. We would usually dedicate one night out of the week and go for like an hour and try and visit several nice. different ones. We would each take a group of names and figure out who to visit. Yeah. Now, an interesting dynamic comes to mind, you know, being in a YSA war, th- these are individuals who are, I mean, that's such a transitional time in, in life where right. you don't really know where everybody's at, right? They may be on the ward list, but maybe secretly they hate the church or, yeah. or they're, they're not active, but they, you know, listen to hymns seven days a week, you know? Uh, so, I mean, walking into that, what knocking on the door, did you have a certain agenda planned or like something to say, or how did you approach that when you didn't know really where yeah. they were at? Yeah, honestly, um, well, we always said a prayer before those visits. And most of the time, I did not have a specific invitation or anything. I truly just let the conversation guide. And sometimes we never even brought up the church. Like, we would just say, hey, like, we're your neighbors. Or, like, most of the time, we would introduce ourselves as, like, sisters from the ward or something like that. And sometimes it was met with, like, hey, I don't want to see you guys ever again, which is totally fine. Like, everyone's in different stages of life, but, uh, most of the time we just went by what the spirit led that conversation to be. Yeah. And those were the most meaningful conversations of my entire life. Yeah. And so did you get some that were quite cold and just said, Hey, get out of here. I'm not, this is my thing anymore. Yeah. And you know, I was glad to know that and, and have a face with a name and they knew who I was and, and we both were able to respect that. And, you know, yeah. move forward. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I remember several of those instances, instances in, in past leadership roles I've had, you know, where you just sort of get, uh, you know, they invite you just to leave. Right. And you can right. walk away like, wow, that was awkward. I wish that didn't happen. But it's one of those things of like, at least down the road, they know that we tried, right. Rather yeah. than, I don't, I didn't even know who my relief study president was, but they, now they knew, even though maybe that's not what they wanted, but who knows in 20 years, they may think back to that moment being like, you know what, I'm in a really tough spot now. And at least, you know, Kessa tried back then and I'm maybe going to lean into my current ward. Yeah. Going forward. I've never, I've never regretted trying to connect with someone and I don't, I don't think most people do. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else notable or, or stories or as far as those visits go? I think uh, it seems like such a simple thing, but also very impactful. Yeah. Um, mainly just that a lot of those connections ended up coming back into my life years later. Which oh, really? is, uh, Yeah. Um, I had a sister who actually was my visiting teacher at the, the first time that I uh, moved into the YSA ward. And I was just young and so... I was so timid and so nervous to go. And um, so she was my visiting teacher at the time. And then when I got called as the Relief Society president, she ended up moving back into our ward. And um, she at the time was not uh, active. And I was able to go and visit with her and connect back again. And 
then later again, our lives crossed paths uh, just a year ago, and we both are at very different points in our lives. And um, I had graduated from college, I'd moved up to Utah, she was also in Utah. And so that connection just weaved throughout my life. And um, it became a very beautiful friendship of seeing each other at highs and lows and um, different circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. Anything else related to your time as a ward release site president? Uh, I know I've got a few principles here you sent me and we're sort of, th- you know, threading these through our, our conversation, yeah. but uh, any, anything else from that, just that time serving in that YSA uh, that, that stands out? Um, just that I loved it. Yeah. And, and so people also- should say yes when they're asked. <laughs> If they feel ready and feel comfortable, then yes, they should, they should say yes. It's a beautiful experience. That's awesome. So then you graduate from ASU, I assume, and then yes. looking for greener pastures and you head to Utah? Is that? Yes, I headed to Utah. I worked at BYU for the College of Fine Arts and Communications. And um, I worked with many students there as they were working on their different careers in public relations. And, um, and then I made a career switch and worked at a spa as an operations manager now. And, um, during that time I was, uh, called to the state early society presidency in my YSA stake. And previously they've had mainly, um, the young adult advisors or the stake presidency members wives be in the stake early society presidency for YSA stake. And, um, my stake made a change with that, um, about six months ago. And I was put in as the first counselor. Wow. I've been serving there. (laughs) Did they have a file on you? Like, did they know that, oh, you know, Kess has been a ward relief society president. Maybe we should consider her as a presidency member. Or how did that, what do you remember from that story of of being called? Yeah. Well, I did originally serve on the relief society board there. I don't really know how they ended up finding me. They found me in my ward somehow. I thought I was flying under the radar. Um, because I had served a lot before moving up here. And so I was like, oh, I'm just going to like, I'm going to settle into Utah and I'm just going to like, find my yeah. friends. And, and then I got called to the Relief Society board. And shortly after that, I got called as the secretary in the presidency. And from that point, they um, decided to make the switch to having counselors be the first counselors. And nice. um, I became very close with the president and just, uh, heavily involved in planning activities and different visits. It's been different because it's been during COVID, um, yeah. a different level of serving, especially for YSA. And um, I really just had to rely on the spirit to be able to help me to connect with sisters that I don't have opportunities to meet. Like yeah. I, it's very few and far between right now. Yeah. And and so when you were called in that presidency, all three members of the presidency are, are, Young single adults, is that? Yeah, accurate? so um, currently the president is uh, a young adult advisor, and then the first oh, okay. and second counselors and the secretary are YSA members. Okay, so the, the uh, president currently is, uh, when you say young adult advisor, that means she's married and... Yeah, so yeah, she's okay. actually our state president's wife. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> and then, Which is um, rare too. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, when you were called, so you two, the counselors that are YSAs, you were the first two in that stake who had been YSAs in the stake 
Relief yes. Society presidency. Right? Yes, we, yeah, yeah, we were. And there was a shock. <laughs> to my nice. Sister. So, you know, walking into that role, was there, was that intimidating? I mean, how did you approach it? Uh, was it hard to speak up in meetings? Cause you thought I'm just a rookie around here or what, what, what right. do you remember? Yeah, well, I found myself sitting in a state council, which I had never sat in before. Obviously, I sat in a ward council, but not in the same way of, um, we're dealing with a big group of people, a lot of YSAs, and um, they all are their own family unit. And so, you know, I, I've had to speak up many times for um, maybe groups of the church that are overlooked. Um who experience hardships day to day. Um, and I, at first I was really intimidated and I was scared to speak up. Um, but I realized over time that my voice really was needed and that my perspective was needed and that there was a reason why I was called as a counselor and not as a secretary anymore, that they had made that switch because they needed YSA voices in that council and they needed to hear from us, um, and, and the very specific things that we're facing every day. Yeah. And is there anything else your stake is doing in order to uh, make sure those YSA voices are, are heard? Yeah, we actually um, have now had high council members who are called as y- their YSAs and they're called nice. into that as well. Um, a lot of the stake roles are turning into um, YSA roles. So it's pretty cool. Nice. Nice. So more and more that those uh, YSA voices are heard and, and that's yeah. a great opportunity for sure. Um, with the, uh, you know, the, the two principles you, you sent me here, I, the one is being organized and share responsibility. I don't know if that uh, applies more for your time in the, in the, as the word site presence or now, but anything you'd say on the stake level, as far as how that, how's that yeah. how done? I feel like this is a big part of my stake role. Um, uh, being a stake leader is different than a ward, uh, for sure. As in, like, you're thinking of a bigger picture, then the wards get to be, like, you know, they're they're on the ground. They're doing the really, really hard work, and the stake is a lot of the support and providing um, ways for a ward to be successful. And um, so being organized for the presidency that I'm currently serving in has helped us the most um, to be able to reach the wards, um, because our main focus as the Relief Society presidency is to minister to the um, Relief Society presidencies of the ward. And so meeting those sisters and meeting on their different time frames and YSA life and uh, school schedules and work schedules and dating and everything, like we're hard to reach. <laughs> and we're really busy. And so us being able to split up the responsibilities has allowed us to one still live our lives, um, serve, and and also to reach out to people that we would have never reached out to, and to love them um, in yeah. different ways. Yeah, that's a sometimes a tough shift to go from that ward level where you get these one-on-one interactions with so many, and then on the stake level, that's imp- really it's a tough thing to do, you know, for everybody in the stake. So you focus on those those ward leaders. Yeah. Um, is there anything specific you do or routines or um, t- to connect with the, the Ward Relief Society presidencies? Yeah, um, we are consistent at texting. Um, nice. Like, 
<laughs> we use technology and honestly I've sat on way more zoom than I ever thought I would, but uh -huh. it works. And, and for young single adults, it helps because we can meet you right where you are. Like, um, when I received my calling as the first counselor, I was out thrifting with my friends <laughs> and the state president. Okay, was you like, got to explain this term thrifting for us oh, uh, old yes. folks here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find some used clothes and I'm going to make a really cool outfit out of it. I love nice. it. Um, I do it a lot. I hit up the local GI, um, Moby Thrift, Thrifted, all of those. <laughs> um, so I was out with my friends and the state president texted me and he's like, Hey, can I meet with you right now? <laughs> and I was like, right now? Like, um, it's like a Saturday afternoon. It's, I am like out with my friends and I was like, sure. I'm like, this is going to be over zoom. I'm assuming. Right. And he's like, yeah. So I used my phone and I was actually standing outside of the Provo city center temple. The, the thrift shop is right behind it. And, um, I stood there in the grass, uh, on a zoom call and, uh, received that calling and was very shocked. But like, that's one of the ways we've been able to connect with YSAs is like, they're literally in the middle of their lives, but I've been able to have conversations with them just because of technology, which is so cool. And I definitely yeah. think is a God given thing for us when it's used yeah. properly. Yeah. I love that. And, and so is it mainly just uh, keeping tabs sort of casually through text, or is there like a monthly set zoom interaction or in-person meeting with every relief study president or anything like that? You know, we keep it real casual. Like, hey, that's you know, fine. We're just, I like that. We're just checking in and, you know, we try and reach out to them at least every um, month, uh, the mm -hmm. president sees, but they also, we've, we try to make them aware that like we are here to talk whenever. And so um, the president reaches out to the presidents of the wards and the first counselor reaches out to the first counselors and so on. And so that helps just develop that friendship and that relationship, knowing that, oh, there is a resource of someone I can go to if I have a question or there's a concern in my ward and I need to bounce some ideas off of, or there's a sister that's really struggling and I don't know how to help and I need support. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Is there, um, some general themes that come to the surface just so that you hear from more YSA Relief Society presidents, uh, that, would be insightful for a general audience or for other YSAs of, of like their struggles or just yeah, I like, mean, what, or what are they interacting with? Like with the sisters in their ward, right? Like yeah. what are the concerns that a relief society president may share with, with you? Right. Um, generally it always comes back to loneliness and yeah. you know, uh, being a YSA in this world is really hard. And, um, sometimes, there's not as much support, especially if you're living away from your family and um, you may be facing hardships that you never thought you would. And maybe you took a jump to move away from your family. And I know I personally have felt that um, moving during COVID and um, trying to figure out my footing. So that, that's generally what we are hearing from a Ward Relief Society president of YSAs is how do we make, well, not make, but really truly let the sisters know that they are loved and that there is support for them and, and that they have a savior that loves them. Yeah. And you know, 
naturally, I, I feel like when, especially when you hear loneliness, you think, well, let's just make sure we have activities every other day, right? right. <laughs> Rather than just Monday, right? Like sometimes we, we try and kill the loneliness with activities. But I, I mean, how would you educate us on understanding this YSA loneliness and, and what's some, some best practices on, on approaching that? Yeah, I think, I think for me, this perspective has shifted over time. Um, originally I was like, yeah, I want to have activities and I want to go meet people and I want to go do all the different things. And I, I want different opportunities. And, um, as I I've grown in the YSA community and changed my perspective a little bit, it's more of, I want genuine connections with people and opportunities to talk with them and really understand, well, to have a place to come and talk about my faith. Um, mm. because sometimes that can be hard to find and, uh, and, and to find a safe space. And so to combat that loneliness is really providing like almost smaller groups and ministering is a great way of that. It's, it's simpler. It's, it's different than visiting teaching. When I was serving as a ward release society president, it was, it was visiting teaching at that time. And um, I love the focus of ministering that it can be so simple as sending a text message and talking with the sister that you serve with and, um, and trying to find a way that you connect. And maybe you don't like, and that's okay. That's why we get to change things up when we have different ministering events and, um, and different assignments. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so the last principle you have, and you've sort of talked about this throughout the, the conversation here, is uh, serve with your eyes wide open and love. Anything else that uh, you'd add to that that we've maybe not hit on? Yeah, um, I think that uh, going along with that is all of these experiences that I've had as a leader have provided me with opportunities to step outside of my comfort zone. And to really push myself to get to know people I probably never would have talked to. Um, I'm very extroverted, but when it comes to talking about the gospel with people, I tend to retreat and I have a harder time with it because it is such a personal thing for me. And um, all of these opportunities allowed me to see people with open eyes and to truly try to understand what they are facing. And most of the time when I went on visits or I've talked to people or I've texted or, or just met people in my ward, I've realized, Hmm, they're not that different than me. And we are all really facing a lot of the similar things, especially in the YSA uh, ward or stake. A lot of the challenges we face are similar and um, just being able to uh, open my eyes and to serve and to to try and love everyone around me has um, blessed my life immensely. Yeah, that's awesome. Fantastic. Well, anything, I've got uh, one more question for you, but any other point, principle, uh, awesome app or technology you use, anything we're missing that uh, we don't want to leave out in, in relation to your time serving as a YSA Relief Society president or president C member? 
an awesome app. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I need you to use find any cool, I, I don't know. I mean, do you have this cool like TikTok uh, dance that you go have around the YSA? I don't know what you kids are into these days. But. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I mean, any communication app is great. And you know, group me, all of that. Um, yeah, there's a lot out there. All. We, we use it all. What's that? Yep. I'm on awesome. all of them. So yeah, I think, I think uh, serving with YSA is just to serve with open eyes and to truly, truly just seek to understand and realize that you don't know everything yep. <laughs> and you're continuing yep. to learn. Awesome. Well, my last question for you, Kessa, is just reflecting on these awesome opportunities you've had in YSA wards, you know, serving in the Relief Society and being a leader. How has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? Yeah. I think being a better leader and having the opportunity to be a leader um, has provided me with opportunities to seek out Christ that I wouldn't have before. And um, and by seeking out Christ and whether that was institute classes or discussions with the Interfaith Council or, um, or one-on-one conversations with the YSA, that I truly was able to come to know Christ. And I know that he walks with me. I know that he's, he's there by my side. Um, I know uh, that uh, he loves everyone that I've had the opportunity to serve and I also know that you loved me and all of those things that I know have allowed me to be a better leader and a better disciple and I hope I get to continue doing that Remember to go check out the additional subject libraries in the Core Leader app by becoming a recurring donor at leadingsaints.org donate or text the word lead to 474747. Leadingsaints.org donate or text the word lead to 474747. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness. The loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away, and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.